The amazing Simon Jacob is here, chairman of the Jewish Unity Initiative, but to us, someone even more important than that, somebody who literally left his grandson's Brit Milah in Jerusalem. <laughs> and I'm not kidding, by the way. I, everything I'm about to say is 100% accurate. Literally left his grandson's Brit Milah two Wednesdays ago in Jerusalem, went to the airport so that he could land in time to celebrate Benjamin Siegel's wedding to Kayla Levinson. And uh, first of all, Boker Tov to you. Boker Tov, Nachum. Chodesh Tov. Chodesh Tov too. And yeah, I know it's nine days it's, in yeah, Tel but it's like, figured why wondering, not. Am I, did I lose something here? <laughs> okay. And Slichot Tov. Yes. Because, Slichot around full because on. Because you were at Slichot early this morning. Yep. Been at Slichot every day. Us Ashkenazim, we figure out a lazy way to get out of it. We, oh, wait, we wait until the week before Ashkenazim. You're missing one of the best times of the year. I love this. I totally love Slichot. Wow. I have pictures of my grandchildren <laughs> in Jerusalem getting up and dragging their father so that they could sing Slichot in the morning. It's great. It's wow. the best. And then, uh, you, so you got on that plane. And you celebrated with us. Mm-hmm. As it, it was incredible. It having wasn't you there. just celebrated. I, honestly, honestly, I have never danced <laughs> or sung or partied as much at any wedding as I did at that one. And in I, I don't think since I was in forty years, I haven't I haven't danced as much at a wedding. It was, it was really the wonderful. best. It was really it was wonderful. Best. Unbelievable. The bracha that you were given under the chuppah was done in what you described as a Moroccan Jew. No, no. Baghdadi. In a Baghdadi yeah. Jewish style. Yes. That, that's how you described that's it. That's the bracha. That's the... Um, so if someone the, would have... The nigun. If someone, for, if for instance, would have been at a wedding in Iraq 200 years ago, that, exactly the that same. is what they would have heard. That's the same bracha. That, the it, same... that enhanced our celebration, you should know. It's a pleasure. It's and we, and pleasure. I think we caught you off guard. Totally. <laughs> so, and the proof that we caught you off guard, thank you, the proof that we caught Simon off guard was that um, he was in the midst of doing a Facebook Live video, and when he was introduced, we had no choice, or he had no choice, I should say, but to abandon that effort. Simon, did you hear what I said? I said that one of the ways we know you were caught off guard was because during the ceremony, you were doing a Facebook Live video, and when you were called up to the chuppah, <laughs> yes. you had to adjust and figure out what to do with that with that vi- filming, let's put it that way. I handed it to one of your children. And did, so. they, did they continue the Facebook Live video? Yeah, yeah. They continued yeah, it. They did. And then did you... Pick it back up afterwards. Yes. Oh, so yeah. So limited a limited uh, break. Yeah. That would be noticeable for anybody who goes to your Facebook page and watches the video. Yeah, because all of a sudden the camera was pointed at the ground and it right. was like frantically looking for uh, where to where to for, focus for and anybody. what have you. Yes, it was good. So that was a Baghdadi Nusa. Bracha, yeah. Baghdadi, Baghdadi Nusa. Nusa. Yeah. And again, uh, the way it would have sounded hundreds of years ago in Iraq, and for us, it was uh, an absolute honor to have you there. And for you to participate with us, Pleasure. Uh, anybody who's on your Facebook page could check out your Facebook live video. You have the whole ceremony there mm-hmm. uh, on uh, on the page, and uh, and we are flattered that you left a family simcha to go to the airport and join us later that day uh, at Old Westbury. Um, I just I, I, every time I say it, it's hard for me to get over it that you did that. So thank you so no, much. It- 
you know, it, the timing worked out perfectly for, uh, you know, to be able to participate in both, both mitzvot. And we live at a time um, that's so special that you can actually do that sort of thing. That's so, a good point. People forget that sometimes. Yeah, it's totally crazy. We're living in these amazing times where you could actually be on one side of the world in the early part of the day and the other side of the world in the latter part of the day. People keep telling me how hard it is to travel by plane. And, you know, I am spoiled because most of the time I get upgraded into uh, business class. But truthfully, um, you know, it's so difficult to choose between meat or chicken or fish. <laughs> and, you know, like... Uh, and the wines and, they and, offer. Yeah, you got to be kidding. Especially on LL. The wines on LL are just tremendous. So, <laughs> well, there you thank go. God. All right, more coming up. Jeff Morgan's going to join us. Simon's here. And you don't know uh, what other surprises may happen here on a Monday as we continue on this edition, a back-to-school, back-to-work edition of JM in the AM. Oh, 
J.M. in the A.M. That's Ohad Birkato Reach on the subject of Simon flying in for the Siegel Levinson wedding. That was the song that the Chatan uh, walked down to, you may recall, for those of you who were there. And, and, and as I said, Simon Jacob is here, and he insists, insists that he loves the fact that Slichot begins in the Sephardic community on the second day of Elul. Do you want to reconsider your statement, or do you want to stick with it? Not a chance. You want to stick I, with it? I can't do Ashkenazi Slichot once okay i'm so happy i would do this for 80 days and slichot traditionally like this morning the service is about how long how long were you at slichot this morning? slichot take about an hour for us it, it can take 45 minutes but it takes about an hour for us we do it a little slower but wow. it's an hour and every then, morning and then time for for shachar and then shachar right after wow we start at 5 30 6 30 we're at shachar is there a minyan at 5 30 yeah Wow. That was this morning. A lot of very dedicated people. It was this morning. In fact, people start showing up from like quarter after. And this is happening around the world in the Sephardic communities around the world. They are actually davening usually earlier. Right. Like in Israel, your slichot would be earlier than that. Yeah, usually about 5 or 4.30. No wonder you're sticking around here so long. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, uh, that's of course a joke. But anyway, uh, I thank you for that insight, Simon. I'm always fascinated by... uh, how some of us uh, are thankful that Slichot do not begin at Rosh Chodesh Elul, but you just the opposite. You're thankful that it does, mm-hmm. which is pretty remarkable. And I thank you again for your Baghdadi recitation of the Bracha under the Chuppah. No thanks necessary. Thank that, you very much for inviting me. I, I remind everybody as they watch the video that that is how it sounded hundreds of years ago in Iraq because your father's father was actually born in Baghdad, correct? Yeah. And... Um, and finally, we thank you again for what you did uh, in flying from your family Simcha to our family Simcha Not to be there, which was amazing. Total pleasure. And we have a special guest in studio, somebody you're very, very familiar with. Mm-hmm. Somebody who's been here before and somebody who always seems to have big news. And Baruch Hashem, somebody whose big news always includes Eretz Israel. Not everybody in the wine business has their eyes and their sights on the Holy Land. But this gentleman, Jeff Morgan, who we know from the Covenant Winery, originally from California, he has had his sights and his mind on the Holy Land for quite a while. Jeff Morgan, welcome back to JM in the AM. Thank you, Nachum. It's great to be here. Appreciate that. Welcome, and I hope that things are going well in this pre-holiday season. Let me just clear my throat. Certainly. Have a, have a little rosé and clear that throat. Come on. Good. You know, by the way, I'm not originally from California. Whoops, sorry. I'm originally from New York. There we go. I grew up on the Upper West Side. Oh, you know this town. And I do. In fact, I know it well enough to have taken the subway down here and then, 
you know, I, I keep telling myself it's it's a short walk from the subway, but it's not. <laughs> it it's, is not. It's my exercise. Thank God it was decent weather, at least yes. that. Well, and, um, you know, we, we, I took the long road to uh, to Israel. I, I went the wrong way first. Right. I went to California. Went yeah, I went west. Think, you know, I thought it was east. And um, 25 years later, <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now spending uh, quite a bit of time in Israel. Hey, can I start somewhere else before we get to the whole Israel angle? Um, we know what people like you think of California vineyards. There are people in this country who think the only real vineyards in this country are in California. Like if you want to be a, a vintner, if you want to be in the wine business, it all starts with California. There are those who think that way. What do you think when you hear of all these ancillary areas of the United States that are now claiming wineries, Northwest, New York State, other states. What do you think when you, a California wine guy, hears about all these other places that are now making wine in this country? That's a loaded question, right? <laughs> so, I mean, I guess I don't. Know, I'm gonna have to share this with our listeners, but I actually started making wine in New York. Wow! So that's where I got my start on Long Island. So I, I, I did go east, but only a hundred miles east. Before. The vineyard was on Long Island. Yeah. What yeah. city? In Kachug. Actually, Kachug, not Patchogue. Those of you who know Long Island think Patchogue is the east end of it, but it's not. It's smack dab in the middle. The wow. east end is really, you know, uh, Kachog, uh, you know, Point. the Orient Point. Yeah, the North Fork is, is the capital of New York winemaking. And I uh, landed there in, uh, gosh, it must have been uh, 1988. Uh, looking for a job, and I knocked on doors. I actually, it was a saxophone player before that, so I, I didn't know anything about wine except that I liked to drink it. And uh, somebody, you know, was foolish enough to hire me, and um, they didn't even have a winery yet. So I was I worked in the vineyards there for a couple of years, and uh, we grew grapes, and then we built a winery, one of the early wineries in Long Island called Gristina. <clears throat> now it's called Macari, and that's where I got my start. Uh, when do you get to California? So uh, what happened is I started writing about wine for local newspaper and then for the New York Times and then ultimately for a magazine called The Wine Spectator. And um, The Spectator sent me to California as a West Coast editor yeah. in uh, 95. or ni- Yeah, it was 1995. To be permanently on the West Coast. <laughs> to be perma- I started writing for them in 92. Then uh, they moved me and my family there in 95. So, so you're, you're writing about wine in 95. When do you start making wine well, on the West Coast? Uh, here's Jay Books. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. boy. Yep. <clears throat> Holy cow. Jay, give me a hug. I don't believe this. We're on. Do they realize we're on the air, Simon? Do they realize there's a show going on here? Yeah, and it's radio. So what time? So, when do you get? To, when do you get to be a winemaker? Well, this out is there? the part just about where we get to the part where I met Jay Booksbaum, actually. <laughs> so he said, "How did I? You know, how do we feel about you know other places besides California and America for making wine?" And I said, "That's a loaded question because I started in, in New York, right. and uh, you know when I finally got my first big break as a wine writer." Uh, I didn't start making wine and answer your question in California till 2000. I started uh, in New York in 88, was making wine there for a couple of years. Then I became this wine writer. My first assignment was kosher wine for Passover for the Wine Spectator. I didn't know anything about kosher wine at the time. And I called Jay Buxbaum at, at Royal Wines. And he I lived said, up to his reputation yeah, as vice president of wine education. Wine, yes. Wine, wine education, wine, everything I needed to know for to that first article. You. Yeah, he did. And apparently he did it well because uh, the spectator 
hired me to do other articles. And at some point, five years later, you have this, what would we call it, a, an itch to make your own wine? Or a... Well, I, I missed making wine because I'd started as a winemaker right. in the cellar in, in 88 in New York. And uh, so I was out there writing, and I thought, you know, I just want to make wine again. So I, I, I left The Spectator in 2000. I moved up to Napa. And I started right, working for uh, to make money. I worked for Dean and DeLuca, the the food. We've chain. heard of them, yeah. sure. And they had a branch up there in Napa, and I started my own little winery called Solo Rosa, which was only rosé, not kosher. And then it was uh, two years later that uh, I met uh, Eli Ben Zaken from Castel Winery in Israel. He was visiting Napa. We tasted his wine, and uh, we said, "Wow, this stuff's really good. Let's try to make a kosher Napa Valley Cabernet." And that Amazing. was the beginning of Covenant. Uh, and that's the start of Covenant Wine, which has become such a uh, common name now on uh, on kosher tables around the world. Um, for 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 every uh, light on Broadway, for every guy like you who decides to make their own label, who decides to make their own winery, how many are trying that and they simply never become successful? Well, it kind of depends on your definition of success. Um, I think if you can stay in the business and uh, – you know, as long as I have, which is now 16 years with Covenant and almost 20 years as a winemaker, both in California and Israel, and I'm still standing, still paying my bills, I would call that a success. And right. we make really good wine, I think, that's appreciated by people all over the world. But are there plenty who don't get past the first year? Are there plenty who try to do their own label or their own wine or their own, you know, vineyard or become their own vintner and it just doesn't work out? Well, yeah. I mean, basically, it's you know, the wine business is not like other businesses in that you, you can't just start the business and make money. You right. have to wait for the wines to age in barrels, uh, usually, or in bottles or whatever. So you got a, a year or two where you're putting out money and you're not getting much back. So that's, that's a challenge. you got to be really patient in your business, it seems. Patient, really and you have to have a day job. Right. Yeah, which I, which I, I used to have. So. Jeff Morgan's here. We're joined by the vice president of wine education at Royal Wine, the one, the only, Jay. Booksbaum. <laughs> and we're on the greatest radio, Jewish radio station on planet Earth. That's correct. Yeah. And uh, later I will share with you what I shared with Simon in terms of our growth, which is astounding, thank God. Mr. Booksbaum, you were just part of the story that Mr. Morgan told. Yes. You apparently had a role in all of this. Yes. Getting Covenant to the uh, to the point where it is today. Um, it's nice to greet you. When we heard you were coming, we had uh, we had a little wager about whether you'd really show up. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell you which side ch Simon chose, which side I chose, but okay. we, we did have some fun with that. Okay. And you made it. Here I you did. are. I and did. it's pre-Rosh Hashanah, the perfect time for you, just two and a half weeks away from the holiday, actually a little more, um, to start recommending some delicious wines. And look who's sitting to your right. Somebody who's responsible for some delicious wines out Absolutely. there. Absolutely, Imagine that. Pretty incredible. I would show you this bottle, but I want to make sure it stays in my possession. This was a special bottle presented to me by Mr. Morgan, which we're going to discuss in just a couple of minutes here at the JM in the AM. Oh, look at that. You got one of your own. What do you think, Jay? Amazing. Got one of your own from Covenant Israel. Blue Sea Rosé. Pretty cool, huh? It's like Lucy. No, Blue Sea Rosé. Have yeah. you had it before? I, I have. You enjoy it? No, I haven't had this one yet. Have you I? had it maybe in Israel, but not Israel, here. There yeah. is none here in America. Hey, yeah. am I on? Yeah. Simon, you're on, of course. You had you had it in my house. Oh, Ooh. that's where I had it. Okay. <laughs> Good. We got the, that straight. The answer to every question here is, oh, did, no. I, did I have it? Yes, we had it with Simon. That's always, <laughs> that's always the answer. At some point, Simon served it to us. All right, Jeff, let's start with the uh, California wines. What should people be aware of with the upcoming holidays? What are some of the choices that are out there that are big sellers in the kosher retail market that have the name Covenant on it? 
Well, of course, our flagship wine covenant, uh, Napa Valley Cabernet, is out there. It's uh, the first wine we ever made, and uh, it still still remains our flagship. I think it's uh, among our best wines. Uh, you can get it at retail shops all over the New York, New Jersey area. Um, then, of course, we have uh, the Red Sea uh, brands, which is uh, Red Sea Red, which is a blend of various grapes, red grapes, including Syrah and Cabernet. And we have our Red Sea Sauvignon Blanc, which um, is also uh, quite widely available. And then we have our Red Sea Rosé, which is the American uh, Covenant Rosé. Um, our newest brands uh, that are carried by, by Royal Wines are uh, the Tribe. Uh, are you guys members? Uh, <laughs> as far yeah, as we so. know. I thought so. So this is a wine for you. Um, <clears throat> we have the Tribe Chardonnay, and we have the Tribe um, uh, Proprietary Red, uh, both these wines are not only available in retail shops, but uh, you can get them in restaurants, kosher restaurants all over the uh, the metropolitan Finally. area. Finally. Yeah. And then the newest addition to our um, hopefully not yet oversaturated uh, Covenant uh, uh, portfolio is Covenant Mensch. Are you guys Menches? M-E-N-C-H? Yes, M-E-N-C-H. This wine is also for you. And uh, we have a Mensch White made from Roussan, which is a phenomenally delicious grape grown in the south of France and also in California. And the Mensch Red is a Zin Petit Syrah blend. Um, and both of these wines are also available in stores and kosher restaurants. Before I turn to Jay for a comment about the list you just gave us, how does one decide if these wines have to be their own label, their own brand, so to speak, as opposed to just making them part of the Covenant line? Well, they all say Covenant on the label, so um, they all are part of the Covenant The tribe portfolio. is obvious. It's obvious to the it consumer says, that it's a Covenant one. It says the tribe by Covenant. Right. Uh, Mensch has Covenant Mensch. Um, I'm hoping that eventually restaurateurs will start labeling them on their wine list as Covenant Mensch, Covenant mm. Tribe. That would help people know that it's it's a part of the family, but right. they're very different wines, different uh, terroir, different appellations, that is, regions, and uh, kind of different wine styles. Mr. Booksbaum, you're the Vice President of Wine Education, and this audience knows how much you mean to us when it comes to wine expertise. What do you have to say about the list that Mr. Morgan just gave us? Napa Valley Cabernet is, is you know, Rosh Hashanah, brand new year. You really want to get the best of the best that you can. And I think that's that's what I would start off with. And, and if uh, during the lunches, and especially during Sukkot, uh, or Sukkot, or whoever, you know, ever you're playing to today, and I think you're playing to everybody, uh, you definitely go with a rosé because it's a beautiful time of year to sit outside and to enjoy lighter fare perhaps with a, a really beautiful rosé. And also the idea that you're going to enjoy a wine that's from Eretz Yisrael, you know, from the Holy Land, is so important. All right, well, we got to get to that category. When you said rosé, are you referring to this one? Yeah. All right, so Jeff, tell us about the Israel import and... What stage we're at with that whole thing? So um, we are in our seventh harvest in Israel. Wow. People don't realize we've been making wine there that long. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, if you I didn't know, know it, I, yeah, I if they didn't know it, I, I mean, don't I feel bad. I didn't think about it. That's because at our age, uh, light, you know, everything's going by fast. And so it, <laughs> this last seven years went. There have been how many 100%. seasons of bottled wines under your label from Israel? Uh, seasons. Well, is we, this the fifth Rosh Hashanah where we have these wines? So we had our 13 was the first in bottle. 13, 14, 15, 16. Well, 15 for some, but just, yeah. 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. The 18, that's six years in uh, of wines out there. Because wow. we're, we're right now, this is a 2018 Rosé. Right. Uh, the 2018 Viognier, which is here in America. Uh, and the 
Currently, we have the 2016 Red Blue Sea, but that's almost gone, so we're going to the 17 very soon. And then we have our 2016 uh, Covenant Israel Syrah. Yeah, amazing uh, wine. So, uh, yeah. We, you know, I first went to Israel um, in 2011 just to look around and uh, quickly realized that not only is this our country and where I felt I belonged, but um, also it was an amazing place for winemaking. I mean, obviously they knew that 2,500 years ago, 3,500 <laughs> years ago, but you know, I, I got there a little late. They, they did all the research for <laughs> yeah. you. Huh? And uh, it looked a lot to <laughs> the me groundwork, like, as right, they it say. Looked, it looked like Southern France the Rhone Valley. It looked like parts of Napa Valley. And I thought, you know, let's, let's try to make some wine here too. And, uh, I think the wines coming out of Israel, not just by covenant, but by, by everybody who I know. Uh, And in fact, people can come and taste a lot of Israeli wine tomorrow at a very special event that we're going to talk about soon. Right, Jay? Um, Is that open to the public or not tomorrow's event? It is? Yeah, Tom so. Yeah, so I, <laughs> Jay's I, thinking about it now. Maybe it might be open. He's to the only public. going to the trade part, but yeah, I'll tell you, at six thirty, ah, uh, it's open to the public for two or three hours. Yeah. So um, the wines, I think, are really showing well. Um, they inspired me to start making wine. Not only looking at the the, the red soils and the limestone uh, outcrops that reminded me of great wine ranking regions around the world, but the wines taste good, really good. So I'm uh, very excited about what we're doing in Israel. I think Israel. Listen, there's great kosher wine made in, in France and in right. Italy and in California and in many uh, parts of the world. But I feel that Israeli wine uh, is our, this is our, this is our wine country. Mm-hmm. This is, this is Jewish wine where, country. Where is the quote unquote winery in Israel? Is it in more than one location? Uh, so as many of you know, we have a winery in California. Right. It's in, uh, it's, it's actually an urban winery in Berkeley, California, about an hour south of Napa. In Israel, I haven't yet built my own winery. That's the goal. And uh, so right now I'm up in the Galilee um, uh, working under the good graces of a deer winery uh, where uh, I use their tanks. I use my crew, but I use their tanks and their equipment. And um, someday hopefully we'll, we'll have our own winery, Bezrat Hashem, and uh, that's kind of uh, my goal. Jay, has this ever happened before? What's in, that? In your time in uh, the world of kosher wine where you saw an American winemaker turn their attention to the holy land i can't think well of actually yeah the first the first and most exciting i think winemaker that turned his attention towards uh, is peter stern the founder of a uh, winemaking founder i should say of herzog wine cellars he actually started making wines in the golan heights as soon as they started growing the grapes that you know as soon as the grapes there were ready for making wine uh the story goes that uh uh, somebody from UC Davis, I can't remember his name, a professor, a very well-known professor at UC Davis, was asked to come and look at the Golan Heights to see what kind of fruits they should grow. Yeah. And he said, fruits? Citrus? No, no, no. What you need to grow up here are wine grapes. And then shortly thereafter, the Golan Heights winery was born. They called on Peter Stern to uh, be the first winemaker of the Golan Heights winery, a, a fellow from... California, who had years of experience already making uh, California wines there. And that was the first one. And now this is around when? The story you're telling 1982, us? 1982, 83, 84, something like that. Interesting. Yeah. And then I know Peter, and I, I actually worked with Peter first five years um, of Covenant. We made down at uh, Herzog Wine Cellars in Southern California, and Peter was uh, still affiliated with the Herzog family and Royal Wines, and we... Uh, we worked together, and uh, Peter's a great guy. And in the Beshert department, Peter grew <laughs> up in, in St. Helena, Napa Valley, which is uh, like 
three blocks from where I lived for 15 years, but he had left by the time I got there. So um, it's just a very small world. There's also Victor Schoenfeld. He's an American who's an American-Israeli who, who uh, lives in Israel. And my on-site winemaker, um, Ari Earl, in Israel, uh, he was born in Sacramento. He's been in Israel mostly for the last 30 years. He makes wines with us. He also makes wines with um, Jezreel Winery and um, another winery called Bachlomo. So there are a number of us who have gone back and have made what I call the wine Aliyah. Uh, I think I'm the only one who owns a California winery and it now owns, um, we, have, we have an Israeli business that will hopefully soon be a California, uh, an Israeli winery as well. What's also interesting is you have people who have gone the other way. You have Shiki Rauschberger from Tepeberg, who is solid Israeli, born in Israel, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, but went to UC Davis, California, to study winemaking there. You have Yisrael Flam, uh, the Flam winery, who was the chief winemaker in uh, Carmel for many, many years, but studied winemaking in UC Davis in California. So you have it going both ways, and I think it's it's very exciting. So did Aaron Pick, who's... Uh Who's with uh, Tsora Winery? Uh, Iran uh, worked and, and studied at, at Davis and lived in California. But fortunately, most of these guys have gone back to Israel, where I think we belong. Um, there's Mayan Koshitsky. He uh, Boy, what a Zionist! Yeah, yeah, this this guy's oh my God! I like, love it. Like I'm embarrassed. <laughs> Mayan you know? Koshitsky is is a great winemaker from Israel. He's a uh, kind of in Israel now, in Israel, in California, Napa Valley, making a big name for himself. But I think he'll go back to Israel, too, because I saw him recently. He, he already misses Israel. Jeff Morgan's here. If you were writing for Wine Spectator today, right, yeah. a- a- asked to do a pre-5780 article, what do you think the theme would be? What, what's happening that's interesting to you in the world of kosher wine that would be unique to this year? Anything catch your uh, fancy, well, it's, to strike it's, your fancy? I, you know, in the wine business, things happen a little more slowly than in a year. But I would say that we are strongly and uh, solidly heading into what I've been calling the kosher wine renaissance that I think started sometime around about 25 years ago when Herzog started making uh, wines in California and Peter Stern was at the helm then. And um, I was just starting to review kosher wines, and I can tell you um, – there weren't a lot of really good ones, but there were some excellent wines. And uh, now that's now this year, you know, you walk into a wine shop and you look at the kosher section, or you go into a kosher wine shop and it's all the kosher section. Right. And uh, I don't think you're going to find a whole lot of bad wines. You're going to find good, really good, and phenomenally good. First grade kosher wine that you reviewed was the first great one that you reviewed in 19. 19- it was uh, it was a Herzog uh, Cabernet uh, from. Um, Sonoma from Chalk Hill. And, you uh, remember that one, Jay? Sure. Yeah. I, still, I still have a few bottles. Was that a good one? That was a good one? I think we gave that 93 points. And uh, I remember, actually, my colleague Jim Lobby had the first taste. It was blind. We didn't know it was kosher. We didn't know what it was. And he, 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 he sent the glass over to my side of the tasting table because I was on a different flight. And he goes, what do you think of this? And I said, wow, this is really good. <laughs> I wonder what it is. And we took the bag off and we saw it was Herzog wine. So I think that was the first moment I really realized, gee, we can make like phenomenal wines here in California, kosher. Let's try it. That 93 sounds familiar. I think 20 years ago we made a big deal about that. Yeah, we did. We did. And yeah. and I think that wine is also Mavushal. Wow. Well, we argue about that. Which Jay year? and I argue about that regularly. Um, I which really, year was it? Do you remember which it year? Was, I, well, I think we did that review in 97 or 8, so it must have been like a 96, so right? The, the 96 was Mavushal, the 97 wasn't. 
Yeah, I think it was 96. So, I think it was one of those shots. You know, it's, it's uh, listen, there's Simon, some good that, was, that was impressive. That yeah. was impressive. Listen, <laughs> if you can, I, I, I still think if you can avoid Mavushal, uh, right. great, because it's just one more step. But right. uh, but there's plenty of really good Mavushal wines out there. I'm proud to say that right now, Covenant California is making a few of them also. Right. Yeah. Uh, the the Covenant Israel Blue Sea Rosé, which is a 2018, that the one that sits in front of me, yeah. that everybody in this room has highly recommended. Yes. This is now available here in, in all the retail stores. No. <laughs> how does how does one obtain it? You have to no, go to not, Israel. That's right. it. It's not available. Yeah. It's Will not. it ever be available here? Yeah. Um, you know, basically, we we make um, about the same amount of rosé in Israel as we make here in California. And I'm trying not to, um, you know, create confusion with right. two of the same wines from uh, two different places. With the name Covenant. With the name it. Covenant. One's right. a blue sea, one's a red sea, but people right. just see the sea and then they get confused which right. one's red and which one's blue. That was a brilliant marketing error on my part. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I love I the backstory with Jeff. <laughs> what, what can I say? But So I, I'm not planning on, on bringing much of this... Uh, Rosé to America, but I am completely out of Red Sea Rosé at this time, and I don't know how much Rosé is uh, still in the Royals uh, uh, cellar here on the East Coast. So we're going to take a look at that. I'm going to bring probably a small amount to California, uh, maybe a pallet, 56 cases, and uh, that'll be all that comes to America. Uh, I don't know if Royal... Uh, is going to take any of that or not. We'll so see. when you're in Israel, you got to have this wine. I yeah, mean, absolutely. Uh, you can get this wine in like... Lots of wine shops and, and lots of restaurants. Um, and it, it, in Israel, in, in America, we make 15 wines. But in Israel, we only make four. We make the rosé, the blue sea rosé. We make the blue sea adom, the red blend, which is a Syrah Cabernet blend. And then we make uh, the viognier, which is our Israeli white wine, which, is, uh, which we're pouring uh, tomorrow. And we really need to talk about this big tasting tomorrow. And then, of course, our Syrah. Um, uh, Jay and his colleagues have convinced me that we need to make an Israeli Cabernet. I've been fighting this battle because I think Rhone varietals such as Syrah and Viognier are the best in Israel. That doesn't mean there's not really good Cabernet coming out of Israel. In fact, I got some. I've been blending it away into my Adom. But I think I got some really good Cabernet. So, Jay, we're going to come out with a small amount of Israeli Cabernet. Mm. We, we don't disagree on the fact that uh, Israel makes the best uh, wines out of Mediterranean varietals. I don't disagree with that at all what what our focus is is that we also know that they make great cabernets out of israel and that you know for better or for worse is what a lot of the public wants so, right and it's I've a never, marketing uh, yeah it's a mar- i've never really i've made wine because i want to make particular wines from particular places and again it's my flagship wine from california is cabernet so i don't particularly want to have a flagship cabernet from israel so we'll just have a small amount just Simon, so you know there's there, this year, particularly, there were a lot of rosés that were made, um, and to be honest, I really didn't, uh, I didn't enjoy most of them, um, but, but this one in particular is by far and away, I think, the best rosé made in either either place and it's available in those uh, nice jerusalem wine shops right to simon is, it's available is it one of, is anywhere is one of my cousins now uh, with that the new jerusalem wine shop i think didn't i hear that that i don't know i think so i don't know <laughs> i think but i'm, I'm just I, telling you i love this i can tell this you is where my favorite absolutely favorite rosé in All jerusalem right. the restaurant that's selling more covenant uh, israel blue sea rosé 
uh, more than any other restaurant is Crave, mm. which is near Machne Yudah Market, yeah. and it is We've blowing through this stuff. That's because Simon's there every yeah. other night, so it's Simon's selling like crazy. We were also in a restaurant uh, <laughs> in that hotel where they only have Israeli wines, with one exception, and that's yours. Uh, come on, what's that's the... in Tel Aviv. That's right, in Tel Aviv. That's um, the C, uh, starts with an S. Right on the water there in Tel Aviv. We, we, uh, You're talking about the restaurant or the the restaurant, the, the restaurant. Um, it's in a hotel. Herbert Samuel's. Yeah, uh, Herbert Samuel. No, not um, the Herbert Samuel. You're no, talking about that's the, the Ritz Carlton. No, You're Ritz Carlton has our wines too. But no, he's talking about the Seton or what does it say? Seton. I don't know. Sate? I don't know. Uh, that's it. Satai. Satai. Thank you. Satai. We're gonna get Satai. there. Four of us, we can get there. The Satai. I, you know, it surprised me. I don't know why my wines, my California wines are there. I'd like to see my Israeli And it's so interesting. There. That just shows you what kind of... The, 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 the wine in Israel, the wine consumption in Israel as well, has really gone... Yeah, and and there's an election coming up, so trust me, they'll be drinking a lot the next week. (laughs) That's for sure. They better. Jeff Morgan is here, Jay Booksbaum, Simon Jacob. Uh, Jeff or Jay, what can you tell us about tomorrow night? Who has details about what's going on tomorrow evening? I do. What do you got, Jeff? I'm ready. Go ahead, Jeff. So we are having, for the first time ever, the first Wines of Israel Grand Tasting um with uh, a consortium of some 27 wineries, I think, right. from Israel, including Covenant Israel. And uh, we've all come here to New York to uh, show the world just how good Israeli wine can be. And there um, is a, an event tomorrow. It's at the Union Park uh, Tasting Arena at 5-7 East 17th Street. Um, the trade actually has a, um, a tasting from 12 to 4 with some seminars, and the public is welcome uh, at 6.30. Um, you should go to Wines of Israel Grand Tasting, winesofisrael.com, for details about how to uh, get a ticket. Just a note of caution, sure. I believe, if I'm not incorrect about this, m- there may be some of the wines there that are not certified kosher. There may be some of the ones that are not certified kosher. As so you pointed out to us, not, not every wine in Israel is kosher. Right. Right. But mine are. Uh, oh, I like to say that not certified kosher. Right. Yeah. Not certified yeah. kosher. should be more accurate. Yeah. Winesofisrael.com. I'm on the site right now, winesofisrael.com. And again, the event is tomorrow night. Uh, it's happening at the 5-7 East 17th Street, uh, 12 to 4 for the trade, 630 for the public. Check out winesofisrael.com. And there's one other piece that I wanted to uh, mention that we discovered, and that is that, uh, of course, Jeff and Jody have- uh, That's my wife. That's your wife. have done such an amazing job with Covenant, and we do get a chance to see Jody once in a while, especially at the big shows. Um, uh, But you've added a gentleman named Jeff Rochwarger. You are the first person who has ever pronounced his name correctly. Congratulations. Thank you very much. (laughs) Yes. What can you tell us about Jeff Rochwarger? Okay, so Jeff Rochwarger- is our new partner. As many of you know, I, I founded Covenant with uh, the late Leslie Rudd. He died about a year and a half ago. And uh, with an extensive search, we finally um, uh, found Jeff, just to confuse people. He's G-E-O-F-F, though. I'm J-E-F-F. And Jeff is a, uh, a longtime uh, fan of Covenants and a friend of ours. He lives in, uh, in Israel, where he's, uh, he made Aliyah 14 years ago. And um, he is, uh, he stepped in to help us uh, with our finances, of course, and also to uh, uh, 
basically solidify our 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 program in Israel, the Covenant Israel Project. Um, Jeff has the same vision I do. He wants to uh, build a winery in Israel, and so we're working on that together. And um, he uh, was already in the uh, liquids business. He um, drills for water, actually, in the uh, Golan Heights and also uh, near the Dead Sea. So um, that's that's what he does. That's his day job. And um, that's interesting. Yes, it's a very interesting job that he has. And uh, and we're just delighted to have um, Jeff part of uh, the Covenant family. He's uh, he's got a great business head which uh, is something I don't have necessarily. <laughs> and so it's great to have him collaborate with us. All right, Jeff Rochwarger, uh, welcome aboard. Covenant and Covenant Israel will certainly benefit. Monday morning, uh, our final words with uh, Jeff Morgan, Jay Booksbaum, Simon Jacob, coming up at JM in the AM.
J.M. in the A.M. It's Baruch Levine. Well, you wouldn't believe what we just discovered on the uh, during our conversation off the air. Uh, Jay Booksbaum, who spends most of his time in places like uh, Florida, South America, Israel, and wherever else he's needed for the company, is actually going to the office today. Imagine <laughs> that. You're making an appearance in Bayonne, apparently. Where in the world is Jay Booksbaum? Today it's going to be Bayonne, huh? Yeah. Do you remember what your office looks like? I do. <laughs> What's going to be happening there? Aside from the Mincha Minion, what else is going to be happening at the office today? Give well, us give us the rundown I'll of tell you schedule. one thing that's not going to be happening what? because you're not there. There's no sushi. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> There'll be no exotic lunch today. Exactly. Because we're not going to I'm be going to have to take something from the freezer that we, you know, we sell. <sighs> what can okay. I tell you? Head to the warehouse. You never know what dry good items you'll find. <laughs> Maybe something crackers. Exactly. I'll get crackers. Exactly. But you, you do recall what the office looks like and how I things, uh, you know, because usually, as you know, you're in exotic locations. You're heading to Panama and Chile and Argentina and Israel and all these different places, Europe at times. Where have you been recently? What, kind of, what was the summer like for you? What places went on to your summer of 2019? Israel, was, you know, twice, yeah. actually. Israel, twice. That was the big thing for yeah. me. In Did you make it over to Crave or you didn't get over I was in Pittsburgh. Oh, interesting. Um, which is, you know, I have to tell you, I walked down the street. This is inspiring for me and, and probably great message for your listenership. I'm walking down the street on uh, Murray Avenue, which is like the main yeah. right Jewish. We were fair. there, <laughs> and and I pass by this pizza shop, and there's a big Jewish star in the thing, and I go, "Gee, when did this Angelo's Pizza Shop go kosher?" And of course, I look in, and they are not kosher. Right. But the reason they solidarity. have this Jewish star is because of the solidarity of the tree of horrible life. Tree of Life incident, right. and. It's interesting, after I noticed that, of course, I was only looking for good pizza, you right. know, but after I noticed that, every single store, practically, right. on that street had right. the, and, and I came back with the, you know, with the magnets that go on my car, and right. unbroken. Did you find the kosher pizza on Murray Avenue? I did. There find, is, yes, there's a good place yes. there, you know. Not as good as Angelo's, no. I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good place, that's for sure. And that bakery's really good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we spent some time there. In fact, we've been invited back for the one-year commemoration of what happened we'll see if we can make it there the Pittsburgh. so pittsburgh israel anywhere else there was no, nothing else israel, on your calendar this whole uh, summer come on jay oh yeah. las vegas Ooh. uh california oh boy uh miami all all to discover great kosher wines yeah well to, actually to, to hawk <laughs> great kosher wines make sure everyone has what they need for the high holidays and and really it's it's like jeff said it's just like no holds barred anymore people are yeah. just like Loving this stuff. Baruch Hashem. Jeff Morgan, Covenant and Covenant Israel, we wish you continued success. Thank you, Nachum. Um, we're striving for that. And uh, with your help and the help of uh, people who love wine everywhere, I think we're going to make it. We admire those who uh, make sure to keep their attention on the Holy Land, those who help us bridge the gap between the diaspora and our true homeland, the state of Israel. And you are obviously a key component in a very important industry for that alone we salute you in addition to the delicious wine that you're making thank you let's remember to salute my daughter zoe also zoe That's morgan right. who made aliyah five years ago right i remember and, this story uh, and who works with covenant israel right. and is in charge of our marketing sales and hospitality program over there she's also now married to a nice israeli boy so we're where are uh, they living in what city uh they live in tel aviv very nice yes well excellent and continued success and a shana tava to you thank you 
And Simon, we should continue continue to celebrate many smachot. You know, I'm, I just want to mention one yeah, sure. thing. I am incredibly proud of uh, Mr. Morgan here. He has not only um, found his roots in Israel, and he's discovering new roots every day, but he's uh, he's made such an investment, and it's just it's it's wonderful. It's amazing. I love it. Thank you, Simon. I pray that more and more people realize it because you're right. He deserves a tremendous amount of credit. And like we said, when you help bridge the gap between the diaspora and the state of Israel, uh, we have tremendous admiration. So thank you. All right, Simon, thank you. Jay, thank you. You're welcome. Jeff, thank you. Shana Tovat, everybody. Ten minutes before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM.